0: Well, why don't we give the praise team a hand for um, leading us? They always, they always do such a good job uh, in doing that, and I think sometimes we take that for granted. So we want to make sure that uh, not only just in our applause uh, for them as they leave, but also when we see them after church or something, they put a lot of time into this. They sacrifice their Saturday mornings to come in to get set up. The praise team leaders, they do a lot of, si- a lot of lead work uh, ...behind the scenes, getting these things together... ...trying to prepare them uh, f- so that we can experience a good time of musical worship. So we're very grateful uh, for them. And I'm very excited, too, about this time of sharing. Uh, it just it, it creates a different spirit in here as we begin to know one another... ...and the different struggles that we're going through as we start to bear one another's burdens. I mean, we become the body of Christ. We know what's going on and we build up one another as we pray for them. So thank you for being brave to share... ...and to stand up and to let us know, so I'm very excited about that. So, I was, I was thinking about the message this week and, and going through my house... ...and one thing that I, I noticed as the Lord was dealing with me on this subject... ...that we're going to be talking about today, about treasures... ...is I, I noticed that I have a lot of stuff uh, between me and my wife and really just me. I mean, I just have a lot of stuff, and that, that's a nice way to put it. I mean, most people would say, Jared, you have a lot of junk, uh, and that's okay too because I like my junk, but I have a lot of stuff. I mean, I went to take off my jacket, to put it in my jacket closet, and I'm looking in this jacket closet as you walk in and there's like 72 jackets. And so what you have to do is you gotta put your shoulder into it and move them all back and you know, hang it up and then they squeeze all back together, right? So they're all, they're all wrinkled by the time you get them out of there, but that's just my jacket closet. And then uh, I'm, I'm taking a shower, you know, I think about preaching all the time, just so y'all know that. Uh, I'm taking a shower, and I'm looking at all these these different shower things that we have, hanging, you know, those little racks you get that you can hang up in your shower, and it's got all this stuff on there. He's like, Jared, you're telling me too much information, but I'm just letting you know there is a point to this. Uh, You got that rack that you hang up, and we have three people living in, in my family, living in the apartment with us, my brother, Kevin, Abby, and me, but we have five sponges, so I'm looking at them like, what in the world you know and they're all different colors you know color coordinated so you can choose I guess it, for what day it's not reason but of course I have Clarabelle my dog so she needs a sponge and then during hunting season I need a different sponge so I can use different soap you know and I'm looking at like this is ridiculous I mean I have all kinds of stuff but it should be expected right because society or culture teaches us that we need what a bunch of what Stuff. I mean, you can't go 10 minutes, you're watching your favorite show if you watch TV. You're watching your favorite show and some guy gets on there with a loud voice and he's like, "9.99. 99 you need this, OxyClean. How many of you have OxyClean at home? No, you're like, no, we don't believe. Uh, my wife would say, I do. Okay, but you, you get it. You can't watch TV for very long without somebody standing up and say, you need this. And, and so culture is teaching us, you need this. You need all of this stuff. As a matter of fact, the person with the most stuff, what? Wins, right? That's what they teach you. The person with the most stuff wins, and I see this, and we believe it. Society believes that. Christians believe that. Culture believes that. I believe that. I mean, I see this being lived out in my life. When Abby and I first got married two and a half years ago, we didn't have very much. I mean, and now we have more than most, especially when you compare to like third world countries and things of that nature. We didn't have a lot of stuff. I mean, we moved in to our our one bedroom apartment on campus and and that's pretty much all we had was four walls. My mother was gracious enough enough to buy us a bed and then we had dinner and our first dinner we have pictures of it. We scooted two boxes together and put us a table mat or a tablecloth over that and that's where we ate dinner. And for some of us over here on this side they're like whoa that's weird Jared we got a great table. You know on this side it's like Jared that's normal, right? We've eaten on boxes before, we've eaten out of boxes before. But the thing is, is I see that, right? When we, when we first got married, we just didn't have a lot of stuff. It was just bare essentials. And now, as time has gone on, what you will notice in your own life, and also if you're not married yet, you'll notice this. When you get married, you tend to start accumulating all this stuff. And then you have all these jackets in this jacket closet, and then eventually when you get married, you're going to have five sponges hanging on your rack in your shower. Maybe not but you just might. But the thing is, is that we start accumulating all of this stuff, and then I begin to see something happen. It's like I'm begin to get emotionally attached to some of these things. Like, as I start getting all this stuff, I start getting, you know, this is my stuff, you know, leave it alone. If somebody talks about it, I mean, you can't call my stuff junk, because if you do, I'm gonna get upset, right? But I can call my stuff junk, you know, it's funny then. But if somebody else says it, you know, this isn't junk. This is my stuff. And I notice something happening that I'm emotionally being attached to these things, to these treasures, to this stuff here on our, I, you know, it's not new. I like to deer hunt. I have all kinds of deer hunting stuff. And, and it's like, I mean, I've even got it on lockdown in the closet down, you know, downstairs because it's just I feel myself being so attached to that because there's, a, there's this principle that is being lived out in my life, this biblical principle that is happening. And the principle is this, that where my treasure is, listen, my heart is. Did you hear that? Where my treasure is, my heart is. And I notice this. There's at times I have to stand back and say, look, this is not my stuff. All right? This is not it. My heart is not going to be here. But if I'm not careful, what happens is my heart begins getting attached to that. And my things, you know, this is my stuff. This is my space. This is my house. This is my things. My heart is here. This is my stuff. I'm just attached to it. if somebody says something about it, "Ah," you know, I want to jump on top of them about talking about my stuff. Now, that's me. But the thing is, is that all of us are like this. All of us are this way. As we start accumulating things, what we'll begin to notice is that our heart begins to attach to that. For some of us, it is stuff. We just like stuff. You know, in America, we have all these new buildings you can rent where you can put extra stuff, Right? So if you don't have enough room here for this stuff, now there's reasons for storage, I understand that, but some people just want to put more stuff in there so they have three or four stuff closets that they can put things in, right? Because what happens is they start accumulating all these things and that's where their heart is, that's where your treasure is, is it's in those things that are building up. For some of us it might not just be stuff, it might just be like a house or something. We might just think, well, well, this is my house. You know, maybe we worked so hard because we want to have this large house that's over here. We're, we've been told all along the way that we need that. We need, culture has taught us that we need these big houses. We need these nice cars. We need all this stuff. So what happens is we accumulate, and you'll notice this. When you accumulate these things, that somehow your emotions get attached to them. And if somebody were to come along, you know, you're all proud you just bought this nice house. You know, I don't know how much they are. I haven't been in the house market yet. Uh, but you buy this nice house, right? And you're, you're so attached to it, you love it. You've worked so hard for it, and somebody comes along and says, "Man, that's an ugly house." What would you do? What? You know, backslap, something like that in your mind at least, because why? Because you're getting emotionally attached to these things. For some of us, it's cars, right? People love them, love cars. Nothing wrong with a nice car. Don't get me wrong. I'm not calling people out. I'm just saying. I mean, I love my truck. Somebody talks about my truck, I get upset. But for some of us, it is cars. They have nice, we have these nice cars. And what you'll notice is that as you buy this car, you get all excited about it. Maybe you have a bow on it, someone gave it to you, and you're just really excited about this car, and you're just so emotionally attached to it, and you get the personalized license plate, and you get the dice that hang in the mirror and the chain that goes around the the license plate, and you tint it out and all that stuff, and you're like, yes, this is my car. And somebody comes along and says, that's an ugly car. Well I mean, what would you do? You get upset, right? It's like, this is my car. This is my stuff. My heart is emotionally attached to it. No longer is it just a car. It's now it's about more than that. It's personal. Now, the issue with that is that God does not want our hearts to be attached here. You understand me? He does not want for our hearts to be attached here. On earth. And he's going to address that. Very quickly, turn with me to the book of Matthew. We have a short sermon today because we have shared. So, very quickly, turn with me to the book of Matthew. We'll be looking there in chapter six, talking about this idea of treasure and of our hearts being attached here on earth instead of in heaven. Now, to give you some context while you're, context while you're turning there, we're going to Matthew six. Um, Matthew's a, a book written by a tax collector. Basically, he was a sinner of all sinners when it was compared or whenever the Israelites were looking at him. They, he, they, they considered him to be a traitor because he turned against them. He was working for the Roman government, and he would charge extra money on top of the taxes that they owed, and everything that they would, extra that he would charge, he'd put into his pocket. So they put him in the same, a tax collector they put in the same bracket as a prostitute, okay? So that should tell you they didn't like tax collectors. But Jesus came along and he said, follow me. So Matthew just laid everything down and he followed Jesus. And then because of this, he was one of his 12 disciples and Jesus allowed and the Holy Spirit allowed for him to write one of the four gospels which talk about the life of Jesus. This being written from a Semitic view or from a view of a Hebrew or for the Jewish people. Now... To give you context to this verse, see what was happening is Jesus just came on the scene. Came on the scene, got baptized, he started performing all of these miracles... ...and then finally, after 400 years, there was something that was happening among the people of God, among the Jewish nation, within the Roman. Something was happening on the earth that was just mesmerizing. I mean, he was doing things and saying things. And one of the the main things that he was saying is that I am the Messiah. I am the one that they have been writing about. I have come. I am am God's son. I am in equality with God. So to these people that were God-fears, they were like, okay, hold on a second. That's huge. That is huge, and Jesus was claiming all of this stuff. He was laying hands on people, they were being healed. These things were happening, and now Jesus was about to speak. He was about to stand up and give the ultimate of all ultimate sermons. All right. Now, I don't know about you, but if I could sit down and listen to Jesus today, I would be completely quiet, and I would hear him. I would want to hear what he had to say. So that's the context. I mean, he's got these people engaged with him. Some people say thousands of people at this point, he's about to talk to them. So the things that he's going to say are very, very important to these people. Let's pick up there in verse six, what he's talking about. I'm sorry, chapter six, verse 19. He says this. Do not store up for yourselves treasures... ...on earth. Wow, that sounds familiar. That's what we're talking about. Right? Right. Where moth and rust destroy... ...and where thieves break in and steal. But store up for yourselves treasures where? Yes, in heaven... ...where neither moth nor rust destroys... ...and where thieves do not break in or steal. And here is the principle we just talked about. Verse 21, he says this... For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Okay, stop one second and explain this. Basically, Jesus told them, look, I know, and you have to get the picture here too. These people couldn't just go and get like a job at IBM or go and get a job at Cisco. I mean, these were major issues with wealth and with things. They worried about where their food was coming from. They worried about where their money was coming from. So if there was only a certain amount of money to be made, what would you do with that money? what would you do? You would take it and you would do what? You'd start storing it up, right? You'd be thinking about your kids, okay? You'd be thinking about next week. You'd even have to be thinking about tomorrow because you don't even know if you're going to have a job tomorrow. There wasn't job security, no 401k, none of that stuff. You're just sometimes coming, clipping whatever wheat or whatever it might be, any type of crops, and you're going to get a little money. So what you thought about was, I'm going to store all this stuff up. I'm going to store my clothing up. I'm going to store my treasures up, all that stuff. Now, we don't so much have to worry about moths. I mean, some people might uh, still in our house. We, we don't have to really worry about that. I remember my grandma, man, my grandma's house smelled like mothballs. I mean, she had mothballs, right? Now, I don't know, some of you understand about mothballs. Use mothballs before, raise your hand. Yes, of them back there. Okay, the kids are like, what, mothballs? We use that in science experiments. All right, okay. So, the thing is, is, we don't really have to worry about that, but they did. Okay, They had to worry about things coming and eating their clothes. They had to worry about storing this stuff over here. They didn't have climate-controlled kangaroo storage bins or whatever on the side of the street down there. They didn't have that. So they, they thought about storing all this stuff up. And so you got to get this picture. These people were like, that's the thing that we need to do. And Jesus is like, no, that's not the thing that you need to do. They say, well, why not? Because here's the idea. If you're storing up a bunch of treasure over here, you're storing up a bunch of stuff. If you're storing up all that stuff over there, then your heart's not going to be with me. It's not going to be in heaven where I want it to be. Your heart's going to be over here with your stuff. All right? Now, that's the principle that I see lived out in us, not just in them, but also in us. But he's going to keep going, and it even gets better. He says this in verse 22. The eye is the lamp of the body. So then, if your eye is clear, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light... That is in you is darkness. How great is the darkness? Now, when you first read that, it's like, that doesn't make any sense. Okay? Especially after storing up treasure. Like storing up treasure, light, eyes, darkness. Okay, what's going on here? Now, you have to consider it within the context. Anytime you're reading scripture, make sure you back up a little bit, read some of it before, read some of it after it so you can get the whole picture. Don't just pull it out and try to do things with it. Uh, It just doesn't work like that. So you got to think about it in the whole thing. And this is what he's saying here. The eye is what makes your inside light, okay? It's illuminating that. And this is the thing, that where your heart is going to be, that's where your gaze is going to be. Now think about this. If you have a car, you have a nice house, you have a nice car, whatever it might be, and, and your heart is totally attached to that. Where is your focus? You've seen this in people. I mean, it's all about their cars. I've seen people that have cars that are three times as expensive as their homes, right? And we see that. And I'm not, if you're that person, I'm not calling you out. I'm just saying, that's the way it is. Now, where's their gaze? If you're seeing that, what are you thinking? Where's their gaze? Where are they looking at? What are they thinking about all the time? Their car, right? Why? Because God understands that if your heart is there, then that's where your gaze is going to be. That's where your eye is going to be. That is where you're going to be focused. Your heart is, if your heart is in heaven, guess where your gaze is going to be? In heaven, right? It's not going to be down here. And he's saying, if you're going to stay over here focused on this, then this is darkness. This is going to make you dark. This is going to keep your... You say, well, a car's not dark. Treasure's not necessarily dark. No, but it is compared to the light of him. You see that? He wants you to be focused on him. And he understands this. And God is so cool, man. He's got it all figured out. Everything figured out. He understands that if he can get your heart, then he can get your gaze. You get that? If he can get you to store up heaven, I mean store up treasures in heaven, then he can get your heart there. He can get your gaze there. You will meet people like that. Mother Teresa, for one. How much stuff does she own? Maybe her nun outfit, I guess. I don't even know if they own it. Maybe the church owns it. (laughs) Yeah. So... But she sold everything right? She sold everything. She doesn't want these possessions. She's given them up. Why? Because she wants to store up treasure in heaven. I'm not saying to give away your stuff is to make you store up treasures in heaven. We're going to talk about treasure in heaven just in just a second. But she got rid of all that stuff. Why? Because she understood that if her heart would be there, her treasures would be there, then she would gaze upon that. Her focus would be on that. Her total life... Everything about her was going to be about heaven. It was not going to be about necessarily the things that are on earth. She understood that. She doesn't want to have all this stuff. Because you see people like that. They get so focused on their family, or not just their family, but like their jobs or, or, or their buildings or whatever. Look at Donald Trump. The only thing he worries about is his buildings and all this stuff. Why? Because his heart is there. Therefore, his gaze is there. It's all there. And Jesus understands, I do not want you to store up stuff here, man. Don't store it up here. I want you to store it up there. Why? Because I want your heart. I want your heart. I want your gaze. I want you to look at me. I want you to be focused on me. Focus yourself on the things of heaven, not on the things on the earth. Not here. I want you to be there. So we see that. Then he also says one more thing. Verse 24. He says this. No one can serve two masters. For either he will hate, that's strong language, He will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and wealth. Did you hear that? He said, you cannot serve God and wealth. No one can serve two masters. The bottom line to this is that we're all going to be mastered by someone or something. We can't serve two. Jesus understands, God understands that if he can get your heart and he can get your gaze, then guess what? Guess who will be your master? God will. You see that? If he can get your heart, if he can get you to store up treasure in heaven, if he can get your gaze to be about him, then guess who your master will be? Him. But if your gaze is here, if your treasure is here, then your service will not be It will be to here, and it will be to your wealth, and it will be to your treasures here on earth. See, something I think that we forget, and I know I forget too, is that heaven will be incredibly better than here. Incredibly better than here. You don't need to forget that. That heaven will be much, much better than here. I'm not saying this is a bad thing. God created this place, but I think we forget that. We get so attached to the things here, right? so attached like do you want to go to heaven yeah but just not now right it's not now because we're attached to these things because oftentimes we begin to build them up we have this whole empire that's built around our stuff our heart is attached to our homes to our cars to high profile jobs to high profile colleges to high profile studying to all of this stuff is that unimportant no it's not unimportant. i understand it's important. But he wants your treasure to be in heaven. Why? So your gaze will be in heaven. Why? So he will be your master. So then you have to ask yourself this question today. And I have to ask myself this too. Is where's your treasure? Is it in heaven or is it here on earth? Where's your gaze? Is it on God or is it here on earth? Who's your master? Is it him? Or is it, well, because he says it, I don't say it. He says, you can't serve two masters. You can't serve them. Now, for some of us, that requires us going home at a point today, the next couple of days, going home and saying, all right, I have this stuff. I recognize, I recognize that I need to turn from that. I recognize that this is treasure, that I have been treasuring these things, and I don't want to treasure them. I want my treasures to be in heaven. So this is what I'm gonna teach you today. Just something to, just to repeat. And I know it's like, Dude, you, make, you make us talk every time you preach. I want you to repeat something, okay? And this is just to go home and if you have these things and you're like, okay, this is my treasure, I wanna change this. Or maybe your next purchase, something, it might be something big. Now this doesn't give you license to be like, God, this is my Ferrari. Uh, I wanna use it for you. That's not what I'm talking about. But for some of us, that's where our heart is, right? Our heart is in our home. Our heart is in all this stuff and we want to go home we want to change that so this is what I want you to say read after me this is not my treasure say that say it again this is not my treasure, not my treasure. for my treasure is in heaven this is just a thing i'll use to honor the king okay one more time this is not my treasure for my treasure is in heaven this is just a thing that I'll use to honor the king. And if you change that and you just move it just enough, you get that different perspective that this is not where my heart is, but this is what I'm gonna use to honor the king while I'm here, it'll change your life. Absolutely change your life. Because Jesus does and God does talk about rewards and that you will have rewards in heaven. Just prior to that, he talked about fasting. When you fast, don't let people know. Do it in secret and you'll have a reward in heaven. He goes on to say praying. Don't pray out loud and babble, 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 on, 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 Go in your closet and pray in secret and I'll reward you. But if you'll get that perspective, if you'll start to store up the rewards in heaven, you'll change that. Say this is not my treasure. Mine's in heaven. This is just something that I'm gonna use to honor the king and change your life. Let's pray together. Father, we're grateful uh, that you teach us to put our treasure in heaven not here on earth. We thank you, Lord, that your word speaks to us, that it's convicting. Lord, forgive us where we have failed you in that. Forgive me where I have failed you in getting so attached to just basically junk when it's compared to you. Lord, I ask that the words that I spoke, um, the things that needed to be emphasized would be emphasized in the life of the hearers uh, and The things that do not need to be emphasized, that you would wipe that clean. And as we go out throughout this week, that you would change us. That your Holy Spirit, as we submit to your rule and authority in our life, would make differences. We praise you. We hope that you're satisfied with us. We thank you for Jesus. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Please rise as we sing our song of response.